He's got to get going. And he does. He does. In 2019, he said, most Australians hate me. In 2023, every Australian is absolutely loving him. This is the Unplayable Podcast brought to you by Qantas, the spirit of Australia, and we are here at Leeds for the first day of the third Ashes Test. A lot happened, actually, Lou, didn't it? Uh, we had uh, England winning the toss, sending Australia in. Lots of wickets fell. We saw a brilliant century, fast bowling. Had it all. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Yeah, I mean, we're never scratching around for things to talk about after these days, that's for sure. It's been um, just objectively a really great day, given all the stuff that we've had going on and lead into the, to this test, you know, thoughts about... Uh, you know, people su- suggesting that underhand tactics were, were going on and, and stuff like that and that lead leading to this test, spirit of cricket and all that. You had Mitch Marsh and Mark Wood, just two really good guys, take five wickets and make 100. They're two great stories. Both great stories. Let's get into the wrap of the day. As I mentioned on the top, England won the toss and for the second test in a row, chose to bowl first. Australia, well, they lost four wickets before lunch, including uh, a spectacular delivery from Mark Wood that cleaned up Usman Khawaja. We'll get to Wood in a second because we've got a lot to talk about him. And yeah, Australia were four for at lunch and in a bit of strife. But after the break, Travis Head and Mitch Marsh put on a 155-run partnership. Mitch Marsh scoring and facing most of the deliveries in that partnership. But after he fell, uh, the score was on 240, and they lost the last six wickets for 23 runs, meaning that Australia got a few overs at the end of the day and took three wickets. Uh, the quicks were on fire. Stark was getting the ball to move. Cummins took a couple of wickets, and it was Mitch Marsh. It was his day. He got the last wicket of the day, getting Zach Crowley caught by David Warner at first slip. England finished at three for 68 trailing by 195 runs it means that this match is delicately poised as all tests have been so far this series Lou yeah and maybe let's talk about Mitch Marsh to start with yeah we've got it let's go back to the start of uh, let's even go back to yesterday because we saw Mitch Marsh yesterday at training and he was really putting in a lot of work on his batting and not to say the reserves in this Australian squad don't put in a lot of work to their batting but it on the day before a test it just looked a bit like oh why is he, you know, doing that? Why is he, you know, why is Michael Divinotto throwing so many balls to him? Why is he, um, you know, looking like he's really preparing to play a test match? And then probably the giveaway was uh, after he'd batted, he had a good fielding session at Gully uh, and not just kind of practising it one way. He then got, uh, I can't remember who was throwing it and who was hitting it, but it might have been Andrew McDonald hitting. Uh, so he kind of went right-handed and then he went left-handed. So he was setting up and he did it right behind uh, right where he would be standing today in the gully. So we're like, oh, I wonder why he'd be doing that. What's happened to Australia's regular gully fieldsman? Who we didn't see at all yesterday, did we? He didn't train and that's very unusual for Green. It is and it's a bit of a mystery exactly how he picked up this hamstring strain that we ended up finding out about this morning uh, because, yeah, you're right, he wasn't there yesterday but he was there the day before uh, having quite a long hit um, which was a surprise given his workload, especially with the ball in the mm. Lord's Test, was quite big. So still don't know completely what's happened uh, to him. We do – the Australians say it's only going to be a one-week injury. So uh, maybe we can get to that in a little bit, but there's going to be a decision to be made at some point because the guy who came in for him made one of the best Ashes hundreds I've seen. I mean, it was extraordinary. And the the pitch – this is the best pitch we've had in this series by, you know, an absolute – uh, you know, yard and <laughs> 22 yards, 22. Yeah. That's probably a better way of putting it. Yeah. And, uh, Marsh came out and it was challenging early. Like that's why I liked the pitch. It was, it was quite hard to, to bat on early. It was seeming around and Marsh just made it look easy. Didn't he? 
He did. Uh, he came in about an over or two to go before lunch and with his third or fourth ball, I think he stroked Stuart Broad through the covers with a beautiful shot that sort of set the tone. And then resuming after lunch on five, he scored 113 runs in that middle session, which to score an Ashes century at all is an incredible effort. But to do it in the space of a session, I mean, how good is that from Mitch Marsh? And you just felt like he got a few boundaries away. You're like, oh, gee, looks good. Mm. This Mitch Marsh, he can play. Like these, you know, we've seen this a lot in limited yes. overs cricket over the last few yeah. years, but... Um, one of the things that you know clearly improved was just his defence around it. Was he played and missed it a few, but he didn't go searching for it. Uh, one of the things he'd been told in his previous uh, life in the Test team was that he didn't. They didn't. Australia didn't want him to push quite as hard playing forward yeah, defence. He's yeah. a big, hard, you know, Western Australian where you can trust the bounce there, and um, you know he'd nick a lot of balls. But I felt like. Uh, that part of his defence was really tightened up today. And then in around that, anything short, gee, he played the pull shot with some ferocity uh, and the cover trials were, I mean, thunderous is the only word I can think to describe them. Uh, the battle against Mark Wood, wasn't that something to watch? Yeah, Wood bowled only 20 deliveries at Marsh, but Marsh got in for 21 runs. Went in a space where most of the Aussie batters were really hurried up by Wood, Marsh looked in complete control, and there was this one shot in particular, the pull shot. I think it, the delivery was marked at about 150 kilometres an hour, and Marsh, sort of just on the front foot, has pulled him over mid-wicket for six. There's the short ball. He's got all of that. Oh, that's some shot. Two back for the hook. Guy bowling 90 mile an hour, and he takes him all the way for six. It was incredible to get that in front of square leg, and maybe we should save that for the moment of the day. Or maybe, hang on, I might have another Marsh moment for moment. Should we get to moment of the day? No, no, let's get to it in a bit, because I know you've got to do your Qantas thing before, and I don't want to interrupt that. Um, I don't want to preempt that, but that, okay, that's our second, you know, runner-up silver medal moment of the day. That was just... Oh, like you're just watching it and the exhilaration was hard not to because Wood was spectacularly good today and we'll talk about him in a bit, but uh, to put pull him in front of square leg would just showed um, on, a, on a quick pitch showed that he's got so much more time, time that uh, others didn't have. I mean, even Kawaja, who has just been a rock in this series, yeah. you know, England haven't looked like getting him out uh, until he's made a mistake and, and done it. And Wood came on and he, he quite barely faced him and just got knocked over with raw pace. It was so good to watch. Wood even said in this press conference just now that Marsh was sort of the only one who got on top of him as well, didn't he? So he admitted and respected the play from Marsh there as well. Uh, Marsh finished on 118 off 118 balls with 17 fours and four sixes. So let's get to your Marsh moment of the day. Brought to you by Qantas, the spirit of Australia, official airline of the Australian cricket team and proudly representing Australia on the world stage, flying to more than 95 destinations around the globe. So what is it? There were lots of Marsh moments today. What was your number one? It was when he's on 99, so he'd gone from 89 to 99 in the space of four balls, I think it was, off Moeen Alley. He hit a big six and then he hit a four, and you can just tell he didn't want to stay on 99 for too long. Uh, and who better than Bitch Marsh himself to explain what he did on that ball? Yeah, put Toby on the barbecue. Um, and luckily um, the youngster fumbled it, so otherwise I would have been stuck on 99 and running my mate out. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things, bat on ball, and I didn't want to spend long in the 90s, so um, very lucky. So the poor fielder was a young Yorkshire 20-year-old lad who's described on their website as an outstanding fielder, and I'm sure he is. I don't want to you know, go too hard on the, the young lad. Will Luxton, I think is his name. Uh, but you know, the fact he was on the field at all was because Ollie Robinson mm -hmm. had gone off uh, with back spasms, which you know is a, another issue for England. 
Um, one of the other bits from the Mitch Marsh press conference that I really enjoyed was um, him talking about Sean Marsh, his Instagram story. Sean Marsh isn't a big social media guy, but he kind of took this selfie video with him and uh, Jeff Swampy Marsh, the, their dad. Uh, apparently they're in Bali for Sean's 40th um, 40th birthday and they're just going absolutely nuts when he brings up the century. Um, what a, yeah, you know, just a great moment. A special moment for Marsh. And well, let's talk about Mark Wood, the other uh, story of the day. He finished with five for 34 of 11.4 overs. His first three overs were maidens, as you mentioned, to minus Slubbershane before he cleaned up Kawaja. And then after barely bowling to Marsh and hitting that middle session, maybe because Marsh was getting the better of him, he returned to clean up the tail and he took four for four at the close from his last 13 deliveries. And uh, his pace, as we've mentioned, was in in the 150s and the Aussie tail as capable as they are had no answer for him yeah and a few things stood out I mean first of all the raw pace I think you know they've said it's the quickest or second quickest spell in in history since records began on a Tuesday in 2006 <laughs> or whatever it is but you know that's nothing to be sneezed yeah, at certainly like in it, England by yeah. an England bowler yeah that's yeah. right yeah that was a caveat with that um so really quick and we're we're there right yeah. we're sitting in the press box and it was just having watched England trot out these very skillful but guys who bowl, you know, around the 130k mark, often lower, especially Ollie Robinson, um, skillful guys. But like this, it was just noticeable. Like the, the keeper was standing further back, the slips were further back, um, and it was just flying through on a really quick pitch. So um, there was kind of that. There was, you know, him clean bowling uh, Uzma Quadra, but then just the, the, the movement he was getting as well. So it wasn't just kind of like, you know, fast stuff with a scrambled seam. Like it was, he was getting some beautiful balls when he when he pitched the ball up a little, um, and then just as a weapon against Australia's tail. That's going to be so hard to contend with. You could see, I mean, Australia's tail, no mugs with a bat. Stark and Cummins have shown in this series. Um, you know, they're they're pretty handy. Todd Murphy has made runs at um, at domestic level, and you know, yeah, he yeah. did best of them with a with a 13 and we saw Boland, you know, um, getting behind it to make a 20 as a not not watchman in the Edgbaston test. They were just not, not scared, but like Cummins, the ball that got him out, he didn't get his bat down anywhere near in time. Like it was, yeah, I haven't seen a spell of fast bowling that quick for maybe since Mitch Johnson. It was it was spectacular. Yeah, he, he was a bit about a week late on that one, Cummins, wasn't he? Um, <laughs> but it's just great to watch, isn't it? When you've got a bowler of that speed, it's a simple thing, but cricket's more enjoyable to watch. And the England attack, it, it added another dimension to them because all of a sudden, while they've been consistent and got regular breakthroughs in the first two tests, with Wood bowling at one end down the hill here, it looked like he could strike every ball. It was, yeah, it was remarkable. He kind of talked about how the lip uh, at the other end of the ground was kind of, oh, sorry, it might have actually been from the end that he was going downhill. Like he was um, he was kind of landing on the lip and that was kind of making it um, a bit tough to bowl. So he kind of came up the hill for, uh, for a little bit. But, yeah, spectacular stuff. I really hope that he can stay fit for the rest of the series because um, he brought it to life today. One thing that's been a concern for England so far this series has been their fielding, and they had another shocker in the field today. They dropped four catches, including Mitch Marsh getting a life on 12 uh, by Joe Root off the bowling of Chris Wokes, and obviously he made them pay, adding in another 106. But Smith, Head, Carey all got a life as well as Besto put down two chances, and Root, normally very reliable at slip, and England's all-time leading catcher in tests, put down two. So what do we make of this is do we need to look at the fielding coach or is it just an unlucky thing? Where do we go? Why is England's fielding so poor? Good question. Yeah, I think 
they had on the TV, the stat is up to 14 drops. I think that's right, yeah, and a misstumping. And a misstumping, yeah. So, I mean, first of all, it's Johnny Bairstow's wicket-keeping has, you know, come under the microscope again. He's been the guy in the in – the, not in the gun this week, but in the spotlight, and you could tell – just kind of how he behaved at the end of the day when he batted and got through to stumps. He was kind of holding his bat in the, at the crease, um, you know, pointedly saying yeah. to the Australians, I'm still angry about, about what you did last week. So that's clearly still on his mind. And even thinking back to the start of the day when Ben Stokes was motivating his team, he looked, you know, he's fired up. He was kind of like looking in guys' eyes and telling him to kind of get up for the contest. You know, playing on cricket on emotion – you know, you've got to go out and field for six hours a day. Yeah. Maintaining rage as a, uh, you know, it's not, maybe not bad in a, you know, for a fast bowler if you're trying to get someone worked up, but maintaining rage for an entire day is really difficult. Um, and I wonder whether that played a role in, first of all, Johnny Bairstow dropping a couple of catches, but, um, you know, I don't think it played a role in Joe Root also, normally an excellent fielder. He did take two catches at first slip, but he dropped two mm. really crucial ones, including the one of Marsh, which cost him over 100 runs. And if Root took that catch at that stage, Stray would have been five for 98. Uh, in the end, that partnership went on to be 155 runs out of the team's total of 263. So that, that Marsh and Head partnership... Yeah, 155 runs. The whole rest of the team only scored 108. So if they could have got rid of that early, different ball game. Exactly right, yeah. And kind of coming back to that rage, I mean, when Root dropped the second catch off Alex Carey, kind of above his head, he he then very got he got another chance the very next ball when Travis Head fended one. He did catch it, but he pegged the ball into the turf. He was furious to the point where his close friend, Ben Stokes, had to come over to him and put his hands on Root's shoulders and just say, mate, calm down. It's all right. We, you know, we're not holding you accountable or you know responsible uh, or whatever for it. But you've got to think Bairstow and Root, uh, you know, coincidentally, they're the two not-out batsmen at the end of the day two of the local lads, yeah, yeah. Um, Yorkshire boys. So I reckon they will feel like they owe their team. So England are going to resume tomorrow on three for 68. Do we just want to give a quick mention on how Australia's bowlers fared in the 19 overs that they bowled? I don't think Pat Cummins would have been too disappointed to have you know nearly 20 overs at the end of the day, even though it's never ideal to be bowled out on a day one of a test. But it was the captain again himself who stood up, a couple of cracking deliveries to get rid of Ben Duckett and Harry Brook. Deliveries that they both probably could have left in hindsight, but that's not in part of the baseball ethos, is it? Ben Duckett doesn't leave balls, mate. He doesn't leave balls. And if he does, he's angry that he's done it. We already know that. Uh, I thought Zach Crawley was playing. I mean, gee, that shot off his, oh, uh, off yeah. Cummins, just kind of like on a thigh high, good length touch outside off stump, maybe fourth stump line, and he just put him in front of mid-wicket. He, like, some of the shots he plays, man, that's... Is there a player who looks as good as Zach Crowley but still only averages 27 in test cricket? How, yeah. What's missing there? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm trying to think of other guys who have, you know, just look like, you know, they could be anything and they haven't been anything, you know. Um, he's incredible. I thought... Uh, you know, Cummins was spectacular today, as he has been. He looked – he started slow. Like, he didn't uh, come out and look like he was bowling at 100% uh, pace. And he was a bit wayward in his first couple of overs, wasn't he, as well? Yeah. I wonder if just, you know, the, the toll of playing three tests in a row, yeah. you know, thinking about the World Test Championship final as well, they've played on this tour, whether that is catching up to him a little bit. It's going to be tough for him to get through six tests in this series. But, uh, you know, having said all that, he then bowled two <laughs> absolute beauties to get uh, Ben Duckett and to get Harry Brook. Um, and then 
uh, yeah, I also thought before we mentioned that Mitch Marsh, his day was just oh, you know, yeah. incredible. But uh, I thought Stark bought a beautiful spell at the other end. He was swinging the ball in a little bit. He kind of had that wobble seam ball going across the right-handers that has been such a weapon for him over the last two years as well. So I'd be surprised if he doesn't get among the wickets tomorrow. Uh, but, yeah, Mitch Marsh. It was Mitch Marsh's day, and he just had to finish it off with a wicket, didn't he? I know he loves his AFL, so we're giving him the three votes today, are we? Mark Wood, two. Who gets the one vote for today? Oh, great question. Very great. I mean, Chris Wokes is a nice story. He bowled some poor balls, I thought, but he ended up with three top-order wickets. He got Marnus out. He got Travis Head out. He ended up getting Mitch Marsh out. So maybe you give him the three votes. Um, it's, it's hard when you look through that Australian batting lineup. I mean, Travis Head was the second top scorer with 39. Um, he, I liked how he batted today. He fought through some, um, you know, they're just going to bump the, the crap out of him, aren't they? Um, and he kind of fought through that uh, and, and then eventually got out to Wokes. But, you know, the, the next highest was 22. There wasn't a lot of contributions for the Aussie team. And, you know, um, Manus Labuschagne missing out again. He's you know, hasn't had a great tour so far. So in amongst all the good stuff, there are a few little concerns for the Australians among their batting. But, you know, you get two innings in a test match. So let's see how that plays out. All right. We've said it once. We'll say it again. We've got a game on our hands. This has been the third test day one recap. Thanks to Qantas, the spirit of Australia. And we'll catch you all tomorrow.